Welcome to Up Next. I'm Gabrielle Boucher, millennial author and entrepreneur. Each week, I bring to you next generation leaders and millennial game changers to inspire you to change your world. Let's see what's next. Welcome back to this week's episode of Up Next. Today, I'm talking with Kyle Dendy, who is an incredibly impressive young person, not only for his passion, but for what he's already done in his somewhat young life. Now, I say that because he's 18 years old. He is the president of Kyle Dendy Ministries. He is the author of a book called The Vision, and he travels around the country speaking and inspiring revival. Now, why I joke around about his somewhat young life in, in that in society, we talk so much about how young someone is and, and these you know amazing things that they've done despite of their age. But as each of you, as our listeners know that on this show up next, we feature these voices, not because of the things that people like Kyle are doing in spite of their youth, but just because they are incredible things. So yes, he is young. Yes, he is a leader. But we feature these up and coming voices because they will continue to lead this nation. But let's welcome Kyle. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us this week. Of course. Thanks for having me. So I would love to hear about you and your passion. Why did you write your book at 17, The Vision? Well, you know, just through the struggles I've had early on in my life, I've always had a lot of wisdom and I've always... um. I would say grown up pretty fast and learned a lot at a young age. And I always had the stuff I wanted to share. And when I was in second grade, I actually told my teacher that I was going to be an author one day. And I didn't know that would be just 10 years after that. But um, so I had all this wisdom. And for the longest time, I had put my identity in sports. I wanted to pursue sports, wanted to play in college. But then after injury, it seemed that God was taking that away from me. And um, it's crazy. I'll talk about it in a minute how something that seemed like the biggest burden, those injuries turned out to be the biggest blessing in my life. In the year 2014, I actually had two surgeries, one in January and one in December. And after the second surgery, I knew that I didn't just want to use this to just complain and use this time to just sit around and do nothing. So I decided that I was going to go after this dream that I had had um, of writing a book. And so I would end up self-publishing this book called The Vision. It's um, themed helping the common man discover his uncommon destiny. And vision is an acronym. It stands for veracity, which is conforming to the truth, intention, selflessness, intelligence, optimism, and never, ever surrender. And right after I had that surgery, I got to work and I just started writing and pouring out all this wisdom that I had, really just with the intent to help people. That's something that's always been big in my life and always been big in my heart and something that I've always learned to do from my parents, from my school, um, to do something that's bigger than yourself, to give back to people. And in this way, it was through um, through writing. And it's blessed a lot of people, and I'm humbled because of that. That's incredible. Can you share more about your journey of changing where your identity was? You just shared with it briefly about you once identified as being an athlete and your life was in sports, but when those injuries no longer made that identity real for you, how then did you find who you were and what you were supposed to do? Yeah, you know, it says in scripture that everything got started in Christ and finds its purpose in Christ. And I think for the longest time, I was trying to find my identity in what I was doing instead of who I am. And by all means, for some people, their calling is to sports. It is to go play in college, to go to the NFL, to do those things. Um, 
for me, though, I don't believe that was the case. And I think the only way to find your true identity is to go to your true creator, and that's God. And it wasn't until I really, it wasn't until what I thought my identity was and was taken away that I realized I don't have anywhere else to turn except to look up. And um, that's when I really found who I was. And that's when he really showed me not just the thing that I loved to do, which was sports, but the thing that I was called to do and was gifted to do, which was speaking, writing, um, just inspiring people. So now you're currently traveling across the country and you're speaking a lot. You're doing a lot of media appearances, really provoking and inspiring revival. Tell me how that came about. Yes. Yeah, so I, I got started speaking. It was soon after the book released. Um, obviously, that um, brought about a lot of different speaking engagements, things of that sort. And at the time, I was just doing more motivational speaking, self-help, stuff like that. And there was actually a day when a prophecy came through that had to, me, that had to do with me doing evangelism, um, preaching, things of that sort. And in that moment, I started running toward it. And it started out with super small um, things. That my first sermon that I ever gave was to a group of four people. There was five in the room. And right before I started, one person went home sick. Um, <laughs> it was little things like that. It was doing a chapel here, a retreat there, preaching in a little church here. Um, but then God took those little things and the faithfulness there, and he started growing it. And, and so that next summer, I had this vision of, of starting a ministry that would help people in it. So it was this thing called One Generation Under God, almost a playoff of One Nation Under God. And first of all, although it doesn't sound like it, One Generation Under God isn't about one single generation but it's about generations coming together as one and the thing we have in common being that we're united under Christ. And so in March, it was March 6, 2016, that we put on our first event. We rented out a theater. Um, my friends and I rented out a theater called the Palace Theater in Grapevine, Texas. And we just put on a night of worship and it was awesome. And then we did another one in May. And while it was great, I felt that God wanted to do something different with it. I didn't want this just to be another night of worship, another service. There's a church at every corner that you can go to. And I really felt God leading me to do something different with this. And then he brought the word revival to my heart. Um, and so what we started doing with this ministry is gearing it toward revival and through a number of different appearances and meeting different people, these dreams and visions that I had from the Lord started to come to pass. And we just started basically the One Generation Under God revival tour. I was just in Pennsylvania a few days ago. In a couple weeks, I'll be here in Southern California um, doing a revival. Then I'll be in Louisiana, then Houston. And, and we're just adding a bunch of different dates to the tour. And really, my heart is to see revival happen in this country. I believe that, that the issues that we face at the root aren't necessarily, pol necessarily political, but the root of our problems are sin. And the only solution for that is Jesus. And that's my mission in my heart, to bring that message, to bring the salvation message, the message of hope um, to people that need it. This world is dark, but the light of the world is the solution for that. It's so powerful. And exactly what you're talking about is what we watch on the news every day, people struggling with what's the truth, what's light, what are the answers. And what you're saying is it's not necessarily in the out there, but so much of it is, you know, Christ inside of us, the light of glory. That's right. I'd love for you to be able to, to share how you're able to translate something like the word revival, right? Where most people, when they think of revival, they either think of, you know, a much older generation getting together in, in a tent uh, for a couple nights out of the week and kind of forcing either an experience or an emotion. 
or revival is a term that us millennials don't necessarily equate anything with. So how are you able to translate something like a revival into something that millennials are excited about? Right. And I think when you're trying to start any movement or lead anything, it's important that there's clarity in the in the term or the message that you're trying to bring about. And you see, a lot of times when it comes to revival, when, when we think or talk about America needs change or America needs revival or this or that, we often forget that America or any country is just a term that describes the people that are within it. And I say that to say this, that the only way we can really see change in this country, the only way we can see a revival happen or whatever it is that you want to call it, is that if there's change in the hearts of the individuals that are that are inside of it. And um, I really think that this generation, this millennial generation, they love to be a part of something. Um, this generation strives to be a part of something that's different, something that's changed, something that's revolutionary. And I think the idea that we as a generation, we as a group can be a part of something bigger than ourselves and really change a country. I think that's something that, that appeals to, um, this generation and, and my movement and my message, it's not a message of, of necessarily religion or do this, do that, or this is bad, this is good. It's just about Jesus. And when you bring the message of Jesus, Jesus fixes the person. Jesus brings about, um, the good and the, the good fruit inside of them. Um, but I think just demystifying this concept that a lot of young people have about uh, maybe bad experiences with church or religion and feeling judged, that's not the message uh, that I'm trying to spread. The message I'm trying to spread is that if we get Jesus in our own lives, and I, I believe the fruits of going to church, the fruits of these things will come because of that. But if we get Jesus in our own lives, it'll change our lives, our cities, our country, our world. And I believe people, young people especially, want to be a part of something revolutionary like that. I couldn't agree with you more as someone who gets to study millennials for a living and help translate who we are to older generations. I have found exactly that, that we are a generation that really truly wants to know that we're a part of something bigger than ourselves and that we are excited about uh, joining with our friends and our our coworkers and our family members and building something bigger than anything we could do just as individuals ourselves, which I think is, is really powerful. Now, as you've started this movement, as you've started to go from city to city, what are some of the challenges, maybe the unexpected challenges that you face and how have you overcome them? Well, of course, one of the biggest for me um, has been, I am a full-time student. I'm a freshman at Barley University. So managing Managing doing what I want to do for the rest of my life, like almost as a job with what I'm doing here and still having tests and quizzes and assignments, um, that's difficult. But still, um, the perp my, my purpose that's inside of me, I feel, is greater than maybe the pain or the difficulties that may come because of that. Um, some of the difficulties that may arise as I go from city to city is that sometimes I don't know what to expect. Sometimes I don't know if this is going to be a big group or a small group. Um, but what God is showing me each time I go somewhere is that the people that are there are the people that he wants to be there. And that whether there's 10 people there or a thousand people there, my assignment at that time is to bring the word to them, to bring the word to those people. And especially at this last trip that I was on in Pennsylvania, God did so much in my heart. I believe he ministered to me even more than he did to anybody else. 
just showing me who I am as a minister, who I am as a person that's spreading the gospel. And every time I rely on his strength more and more, I just know more and more that this is what I'm called to do. And there's something freeing about that, something that overcomes the challenges um, of knowing that no matter what happens and no matter what it looks like, I'm on this journey called by God. And because of that, he's going to protect me and provide for me. And so that's one of the things that's really helped me with the different problems that have come up um, is just keeping a strong faith that even if it doesn't look like something's going to work out, or even if your fight's going to get delayed, or even if nothing else seems like it's lining up correctly, God always has seemed to come through for me. He's always been faithful in the past. He's faithful right now. And I believe he's going to be faithful with any problem that comes up in the future. That perspective that you have that you're talking about, that in the moment, it may not seem like it's working out. In the moment, it may seem like it was a terrible idea. Uh, In the moment, it seems like you're not qualified to be doing what you're doing. That those moments where you could be getting discouraged and and feeling disqualified are the moments and opportunities that you're taking to have God's perspective, which is that it's not about that moment, but it's about what he's doing in you. And of course, what he's doing through you, which is, which is incredible. Well, Kyle, we have reached the end of our interview. It flew by, but I am so glad that we had you on the show. I'm going to close this out with a question I ask all of our guests And it's this, if the 12 year old version of you were to meet you today and see what you're doing, what would he think about it? I think if the 12 year old version saw me today, I think first of all, he would be amazed, but I think he would also be inspired. I think it would also inspire the 12 year old me to truly believe that, that your age isn't as important as your willingness to go forth. Your age isn't as important as as your passion, as your drive. And I, I can't say that at 12 years old, if I knew that I'd be traveling around speaking at 12, but I do believe that it would give me a fire and um, just something that we all need, whether you're 12, whether you're 21, whether you're 41 or 81, it's not too late to start your dreams. You're not too young. Just go for it. And if God is with you, you have everything you need. Very well said. Well, Kyle, I just want to acknowledge you for your work, for your obedience, your faithfulness, and your willingness to do great and mighty things. I look forward to following you and having you on the show in the future. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. 